the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. It's Thursday, September 16th. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. So, Providence Mayor Jorge Elodia has announced that he is not going to be seeking um He's not going to be getting involved with the race for governor. Now, th- this is uh, this is a big shakeup. I recognize some people, maybe some people are wondering, well, when when is the race for governor? You know, and someone sent me an email uh, yesterday. You can go to the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-T-R-O.com, no eyes. Click contact John and said, I don't understand. Why, why is there going to be an election for governor? McKee just got in. Well, Governor McKee is fulfilling, finishing out the term of former governor Rhode Island, Governor Gina Raimondo, who's now jumped in with the Biden administration as Commerce Secretary. So he didn't win anything. The next race for governor is next November 2022. Now, what what is pivotal here, especially since the Republican Party at this moment does not have a candidate, is the Democrat primary that's looming next September, less than a year away. Next September, Democrat primary, where it is widely believed and I, so far, I don't see anything that would tell me differently. Whoever wins that primary will then win the general election, regardless of who's an independent or what have you. So last summer, Mayor Alorza, who really started getting interested in the race. Now, the dynamic, though, was the fact that it was Gina Raimondo was going to be an open seat. Everything changed with former mayor of Cumberland and now governor mckee being the governor so he's got you know he's he's got some positive things going for him and he unfortunately he's got some negative things going for him so alors started the path of i'm going to win the democrat primary and one of the things that he has struggled with is to find a constituency base so when he first met with some consultants they said who is your base he said you know here's my path that's what they ask you you know who who is your base voter and they basically did some polling and found out that he did have, obviously, he's got some support. You don't get elected mayor of Providence if you don't have any support. But to get elected mayor, he's got heavy Latino support. He's Guatemalan. <clears throat> he runs a sanctuary city, encourages more people to move there. The amount of undocumented, whatever we want to call them these days, that have moved into the city since he's taken over. So he really came into power January of 2015. And in that time frame, between then and now, the amount of people that he has encouraged, and he set up the direct flights to Guatemala, this is all pre-COVID, but the amount of illegals that have moved in is pretty substantial, and it's thousands. So Alorza then set out on a path that his path to victory was going to get the African-American vote. And he thought if he could get the African-American vote and have his Latino vote, he would do very well in Providence. And then regardless of whoever the mayor of providence is the mayor of providence is known outside of the city simply because of the nature of of the platform and far more than you know people get to know mayor funk because it was the mayor of cranston but you know you don't have to point to like people statewide buddy Sancy would go down to march in the bristol fourth of july parade or go wherever and people knew who he was and come out and see him and so forth or i remember one time um I think he was on the deck of the Cianci was on the was the mayor at the time, but on the deck of the Coast Guard house. And uh, now, obviously, it's you know people from the northern part of the state that go south. But my point is, if Mayor Lorza started walking through Newport, I don't think anyone knows who he is, and certainly not. He, I don't, I don't know if he's marched in the Bristol Fourth of July parade, but but Alorza, I think so. Last summer is when he started with the talk of reparations. Last summer was also he allowed 
uh, the riot at the Providence Place Mall. He allowed all the unrest and all the protests. He allowed the protesters to go up to Federal Hill. He allowed the Black Lives Matter protesters to basically terrorize the city of Providence. He did. He would tell his police to stand down. He let them riot. He let them destroy downtown. He let them destroy the mall. He let them destroy the cruiser. He said, no, because of what happened in Minneapolis, we need to let these people vent. He let it. He told his police to stand down. And then, you know, as things were way too far out of hand and he did enough damage to the city, then he tried to, you know, let them be a little more aggressive. But he allowed the ATV problem to fester. He put in all the different, and it's ridiculous, and I know a lot of you don't ride around, but the speed bumps in the city are insane. It's 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 makes no sense at all. It's total overkill. Um, and, and he had decided his path was going to be to be the big pro progressive. But that guy, you know, he is someone. And then obviously with the violence and he's just tone deaf on certain things and holding back his police and always blaming police and siding with criminals in the city and allowing ATV riders to just turn uh, the city into a feeling of lawlessness, which it has. And then he also, he was part of the group that disbanded the, the gang database. So it's, it's harder to, to find people. Folks, if, if you let police do, the, do their work, more often than not, they know who many of the troublemakers are, a lot of the criminals are. So if you allow them to be aggressive, let's just say with traffic stops, they can prevent a lot of crime. When they're doing traffic stops, does this mean that sometimes you're going to stop someone who's done nothing wrong yes it does mean that but there's body cams someone's detained for five minutes maybe they were hanging around with someone maybe it's a similar vehicle maybe it's the same house similar neighborhood whatever it may be it's going to happen but but by allowing aggressive policing such as traffic stops in new york they'd call it stop and frisk you can prevent and stop a lot of crime you're going to get someone that said what why was i stopped so what? I live in that, you know, house and there's some gang members that live on the second floor and the police see someone come out and then they stop the car down the street. And all right, so you're detained for five minutes, but you're not who they were looking for. But it doesn't mean that they're taken out of the, the vehicle and pistol whipped or beaten or, you know, everyone's got body cam footage. So you're detained for five minutes, but you happen to live in a house where they're, you know, a gang member on the first floor or the second floor, what have you. Uh, but he, this guy is just problematic. And then, you know, him confronting Governor McKee that time at the water fire, that, that was just a disaster. Um, him being on the wrong, wrong side of issues, and, and look what happened. They took the schools away from him. Uh, first, he had fought with the teachers, and then he backed down from them. They took the 195 land away from him. He has hurt his police force, not helped his police force. He has done a lot of damage mayor lordson it's good whoever the next mayor is going to be in in providence whoever it's going to be beat now here's the other thing and if you check the website dimitro.com he's in office until until next january meaning 23 january so now i think this enters a dangerous period uh from for to have someone who he's he's beyond a lame duck now he doesn't even care what people think about him right he's not running for office he doesn't care what they write about him what they think about him he doesn't you know the the element of the the mayor of providence mayor laws running for governor at least somewhat kind of kept him in check because he couldn't go too off the rails for fear that he'd have to answer some questions on the debate stage now it could be all about just trying to burnish his pre uh, progressive credentials i think this enters into a potential dangerous period of time where you have someone who who does not care who is term limited out who wants to just take care of as many people as they can uh give enough favors you know give out jobs of people to people that they can't be removed help out any friends that he's had contributors try to buy some friends and going forward i mean i i think this centers in and he it's not like his term is up in a few months he's he's in office the rest of this year and then all of next year he's got 15 months of i'm not sure what i'm going to do and or you know trying to get a federal job or maybe trying to get a job within the biden administration something like that uh he's definitely not done with politics but i think he has hit a um the reality of his polling numbers were just you know so abysmal that 
it just there, there was it wasn't a rough path to victory there was no path to victory now the good news is though it's not like he has been this tone deaf incompetent individual and is still riding high in the polls people voters figure people out and they figured this guy out and mayor lorza who jorge lorza he was an activist it was a fluke that he kind of got into office i, I have no idea why he was reelected, but he's done a lot of damage to the city but in the end voters the general public i wasn't fooled you weren't fooled that's the good news all right a lot more head you're listening to the john DePietro show well it's a challenge to run your business these days maybe you need to find the right type of workers why not let mega professionals find them for you call mega professionals today serving rhode island and massachusetts 508-336-7801 mega mega professionals 508-336-7801 maybe if you need workers maybe you have workers and won't come back to work you need drivers certified help part-time full-time maybe weekend work you need the professionals at mega professionals let them find the workers for you they screen them all out they send them right over to you serving rhode island massachusetts call them today 508-336-7801 maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers office workers professionals even those in the healthcare profession mega professionals call them today 508-336-7801 Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering, call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L., it's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's J.K.L. Call them 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600. Listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, petro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining me right now, he is our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, I'd like to start off, uh, boy, growing up, Cranston, the Dick Ernst, the Ernst family. You'd hear about this uh, this guy, Gordy Ernst, who was a phenomenal tennis player, hockey player. And then eventually he was uh, actually the tennis coach at Georgetown, and I, I remember hearing, and I think there was even a story about it, how he, White House called, he went over to the White House, he was giving Michelle Obama, he like hit with the first lady, I think he was giving tennis lessons to the, to the daughters. Well, anyhow, he got caught up in the varsity blues, the college admission scandal, and it, it sounds like things have finally come to an end and they've come to some kind of an agreement and he will plead guilty. Yes, that was uh, late breaking news that he will be pleading guilty. 
it, it really is, um, you know, locally, and it's a tragedy. I mean, as you say, the Ernst family had a stellar reputation. I mean, the dad got jammed up a little with uh, recruiting allegations yes, back in the that. day, back yeah. in the late 70s. But Gordy, you know, seemed to be living a charmed life. He was yeah. a great athlete. Um, he had a great personality. I guess he was very engaging. He had a wonderful run at Georgetown. Um, as you say, he was coaching members of the first family. Um, he, you know, was really plugged in in the D.C. area, in the community. Um, but things started getting bad for him. He got tied up with this guy, Singer, who had come up with this scheme to um, get children of wealthy uh, families into schools like USC or Georgetown or others uh, by phonying up their um, records to depict them as being star athletes, either in rowing or in tennis or in other um, sports, um, which typically wasn't true. And the parents would pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their kids into these, you know, nationally recognized, respected institutions. Um, Singer gets jammed up um, when some of the families start to complain about his activities. Singer starts implicating everyone that he can, and he's got a cooperation agreement going, and Gordy gets caught up in the web. I guess separate and apart from Singer's activities, Gordy was looking like he was going to get jammed up because he started to run his own scam. He wasn't, yeah. ju he wasn't just fulfilling um, the request from Singer, who was the original money raiser. Gordy kind of went into business for himself oh. and was started shaking people down to get money directly. In fact, I believe in a couple of cases, um, kids who were applying to Georgetown who were clearly, clearly tennis standouts and clearly academically um, superior candidates um, were having trouble yeah. through the admission process. I think Gordy was, oh, you know, I'm not so sure your, your child is going to get in. And the shakedown begins. And some parents um, smelled a rat, didn't like it, and complained to the authorities about it. So Gordy was somewhat doomed because either these parents were going to get him or Singer was going to get him. Uh, he's maintained his innocence longer than most of the defendants. Yeah. Um, which tactically might have been a mistake because if he had come in from the cold earlier and started pointing the fingers at others while he still could, oh. some consideration for cooperation. As it is, he's looking at, I think it's going to be in the four year range for him to serve in a wow. federal penitentiary. Huh. And um, he's got to disgorge or other ways. Otherwise, pay back. I believe it's about three point four million dollars. Is now, him died. Holy cow! Now, what does that tell you that they are looking for that kind of money? Well, apparently, he was taking all of the money he was getting for his end of these bribes, and he mm. bought himself a house or a condo in D.C. He yep. bought himself a condo in Cape Cod. Yep. He joined, I guess, I think it's the Chevy Chase um, yep. golf club. club. Yeah. Um, all high-ticket, high-cost items. The feds, I know, are looking to liquidate at least his condo on the Cape and I believe his house in um, D.C. Oh. to claw back some of the money, and it won't be enough. I think his, his house in, um, or his condo in D.C. is worth maybe one five, two mil, and his condo on the Cape is probably worth between a half a mil and maybe... 800,000 with today's prices, but those assets together won't cover the 3.4. Right. So, so Gordy could come out of jail, you know, maybe seven years from now, if he's, excuse me, not, if he gets four years to serve, he'll come out in like three, three years and three months. Yep. Looking at a huge um, financial obligation that he's going oh. to have to over time pay back. So, his um, financial house of cards has certainly collapsed. I don't know if there's anyone else that he can implicate or provide information to the feds to lessen the hit he's going to take. I, I think he's waited too long, John. 
Tim Dodd, the fact that they are looking for three point four million, you know, initially people were hearing maybe there was a bribe of four hundred thousand or so forth. But it sounds like unless I'm wrong, but they, they want anything that you got because of that money. They 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 want it. So it's not like you say, all right, I'll admit to these three bribes. Anything you were involved with, they're going to they're going to grab it. Yes. And if the feds have documentation that, you know, parents A gave a kickback of 200,000, parents B of a half a million and so on, you know, at those kind of six figure numbers, it adds up pretty quickly. Um, And again, we don't really know how much Gordy got this money through Singer and how much he got when he went into business for himself. But uh, that's a substantial amount of money to get for bribes to get kids into colleges. It's amazing. It is. And, and finally, on this, uh, Tim Dodd, when you start to go through some of the transcript, you also see the problems that come in, which I think it's supposed to be 200000 up front, 200000 cash now once the first child gets in. And then but then you have to go back and try to get, you know, collect that money. I think at one point he's on the phone with someone who's either text message or whatever. And they're like, hey, come on, I, I need the rest of that money. Now, what are you going to do? The guy already paid the money or half of it. And then the child's in the school. It's um, I mean, it's the ultimate with a tangled web we weave. One final question, though, Tim Dodd, this story broke in March of 2019. He did seemingly, I, I, I mean, I don't, we don't know maybe what they were initially offering him. So maybe they were saying 10 years. So they got to dock down to four is potentially four is a good deal. I don't know if the judge is going to take anything off. But as you and I have discussed, he, he also missed out on that window of like Michael Cohen, who was Trump, President Trump's attorney. He got released because of COVID. So a lot of them were then just on home confinement, COVID seems to now be somewhat, you know, a little more out of, under control than it was. So I, I just question, you know, this is more than two years later. Was was this worth the road he ended up going down? Well, John, that's an excellent point you bring up about the um, potential for a COVID release had he yeah. taken his punishment earlier. Um it always seemed like they had him in the crosshairs and he was just forestalling the inevitable. I don't know if he gave much cooperation. Right. Separate and apart from the 3.4 mil, four years does not seem like an excessive sentence because there's multiple counts against this guy and, you know, multiple families who would come in at a trial and testify about how much they had to kick back to Gordy in order to get their kid into Georgetown, um, he would be a very unsympathetic person had this gone to trial. Um, so I, I don't think this outcome is a bad one for him. Four years is four years, and I'm not diminishing that, but I think the hit he was subject to would have been a lot worse. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com Summer's here you want to stay nice and healthy for you and your family pop in and see Marie 
at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. It's My Health, right in that old white church, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health, where you're going to find vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like Isae, honey, maple syrup, Octave Skin Brushes, also over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. It's My Health, where you'll find hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use, natural skin care products, hair care care products, essential oils, body oils, and soaps. It's My Health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, or call her 401 305-3585. Shop local and stay healthy with It's My Health right across the street from Davenport Restaurant. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dunn. Tim, uh, the next story, uh, you know, this is a, a little bizarre, but you had this incident happen down in uh, South Kingstown where there were these some youths and they were related and cousins and Somehow everybody was drinking and smoking and then there's a girl in the mix and then somebody is filming and then they're sending it to her. And it's very controversial down South Kingstown. There were protests to release them. And, uh, and all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere. And this has been dragging on for quite some time. But uh, charges dropped and uh, it's like no harm, no foul. And the youths are let out of prison. Yeah, this was a, this was a. It's an awful case. Yeah. The, fact, the facts are terrible. The circumstances are terrible. The allegations are terrible. The conduct of the, um, the men, even though they're walking away from criminal jeopardy, um, their conduct, um, from what I know and what I've heard is on video, is reprehensible. The conduct of the alleged victim, um, she's got nothing to be proud about. So all the way around, it's it's a bad set of facts and that makes for bad prosecutions and bad outcomes. Uh, I think what the prosecution did here, they had to do because the victim said she no longer wished to cooperate and she was not going to participate if the matter went to trial without her testimony as the complaining victim, the case would have gone nowhere. So the AG made the only really practical decision that could be made, which was to drop the charges. John, if you recall, these guys and this girl, I believe it was the same parties, um, were involved in drinking Hennessy and smoking yeah. lots of pot yep. for in the same sort of events occurred um, in terms of multiple guys having sex with this woman allegedly Um, when she was a knowing participant. Apparently, these sessions occurred, from what I understand, before this incident and even after this incident. Mm. But on this one evening, um, the alleged victim said, well, maybe I was a participant willingly before, and maybe I was a participant willingly after, but I was not a willing participant on this night. So... When you get all of that type of testimony coming in, um, it really questions her veracity, uh, her motive in testifying. Apparently, John, she didn't go to the police originally. It's her mom or her stepmom, some parental authority, learned somehow. I don't know if the, the, the alleged victim admitted to the conduct or maybe... Uh, the parent figure saw something because all of this is posted on YouTube. There's videos, there's all sorts of um, really distasteful stuff that was all recorded by these um, then defendants. Um, so the parent figure, the mom or the stepmom, she goes to the state police and says, this is what's happening. Oh. And, and so it begins. Now the victim is sort of, locked in is she going to say oh no we do this all the time i was a willing participant or is she now going to um claim indignation and lack of consent yep um bad case who do you believe right the the judge who heard the bail hearing after it went on for days and days and days 
ultimately released these guys on bail saying they weren't a threat to the community and that she was troubled by the lack of quantity and lack of quality of the evidence that had been put forth by the prosecutor. It's not his fault. He had to play the hand that he was dealt, which was a bad set of facts. Um, Tim Dodd, you know, we've talked about this and now it looks like it has finally happened. Narragansett, they're going to ban if there were more than three students living in in a house and uh, you know or even the headline says there's got to be a lawsuit coming but uh, what what uh, and as i've mentioned in the past what is just ridiculous about that is so they're going to be in more than three college students from living in one home so maybe there are four kids or five kids or whatever the number of uri students are but what is so unfair about that that i've talked about is if you go into certainly sections of Providence and I don't know about into Galilee and Narragansett, but I will bet somewhere down there, you could find a group of uh, fishermen who may have questionable immigration status um, that are living, you know, six of them in a one or two bedroom or three bedroom apartment. This seems very unfair to the college students. John, I agree with you. I'm scratching my head as to how this has come to pass, but you, you, you suggest there are lawsuits coming, and I would agree that lawsuits will be coming. But the problem for anyone who thinks this is a bad um, ordinance, which Narragansett has passed, uh, Providence did virtually the identical language when they put forth a similar ordinance um, to prevent more than three students living together in a residence, um, and this, it was specific in Providence to areas around, I believe, PC, because there's always been a problem between PC kids and uh, the neighbors in that area. So the Providence ordinance was challenged, and it was brought all the way to the Rhode Island Supreme Court. And the Rhode Island Supreme Court upheld the ordinance as being lawful and constitutional. Um, The decision was written by uh, Judge Flaherty, Justice Flaherty, who I have enormous respect for. He's a great judge. He recently retired, but he's he's a really excellent jurist. And he was unequivocal that the ordinance in Providence was constitutional it was proportionate. It was reasonable. It had a legitimate purpose. I've read his decision, which runs about 24 pages. And with all res- due respect to the judge, I still don't get how the conclusion that was reached was reached. But now anyone wanting to challenge this Narragansett ordinance is going to have a tougher road to hoe because... Oh. Narragansett, the folks on the council, they were smart. They mirrored, virtually mirrored the Providence language. Mm. So when somebody challenges it, the Supremes are going to say, we've already ruled on this. We said it was legit in Providence. We're looking at the the ordinance in in Narragansett. It's virtually identical. We've ruled. This is fine. I don't know how you get to that conclusion. As you say, what if you had three fishermen? What if you yeah. had three? What if you had th- four nuns? Right. What if yes. you had? What if yeah. you had five senior citizens? Yep. It seems to me this is discriminatory because it's it singling out a class of people, and mm. the only people affected as a class are students. Yep. You could be young professionals and have six of them in a in a in a in a house. You could have senior citizens, five or six of them crammed in there, no problem. You could have five or six nuns or priests or ministers, what have you, no problem. Students, nope, can't do it. Huh. It's, it seems that there should be a legitimate constitutional challenge um, under an equal protection theory or just a straight-out discrimination claim that – Uh, students are being made a suspect class who are going to receive disparate treatment to the rest of the population. Um, Perhaps a different appeal arguing different grounds in different elements of the law might persuade the Supreme court to rule otherwise. But, you know, once the Supreme court rules, John, in a certain way, it's very difficult to get them to, um, 
overturn themselves, if you will. Uh, It's hard to get them to overrule previous precedent that they've established. Before we take a a break, Tim Dodd, this this other story about, and I I think he did a fine job, but Councilman Nick Narducci of Providence posts this video. Look at this. These people were living under the underpass of 146, right in Providence, and we got them out of there. We cleaned up the area. There's all this trash. Homeless advocates are outraged saying that he basically evicted evicted people who were living under the, the 146 underpass, I think right at Branch Avenue. But Tim Dodd, I, like, just because someone sets up a tent and a box and so forth, that, that it doesn't mean, I mean, you tell, I don't, you, you don't have a legal claim to like, you can't evict me. That's where my home is. That's right. I mean, they're just living under an underpass at 146. Well, essentially, John, they're trespassers. Yes. They're trespassing on property, not their own. Um, they're they're creating um, you know debris you know they're they must be um, relieving themselves somewhere in the area um, they would presumably are doing all the things you would do like cooking and cleaning and washing and everything um, they're trespassers and to the extent that that could be considered a public nuisance um, I think it wholly appropriate to move them out in an area where they're not supposed to be. Again, folks, we speak with uh, attorney Tim Dodd. And we are going to take a quick break. A lot more with attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro show. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service. They provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree emergency service or bucket truck service they'll get up in the bucket call yankee tree service today for a free quote 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com folks we're speaking with our legal expert attorney tim dodd tim uh, this national story that i just want to touch on but apparently this new book that's coming out general mark milley uh, in the final month of this year of January, was concerned, he feels, according to the book on the conduct of President Trump, and basically contacted China and told them to be on alert and that he will contact them if they're planning, if the United States was going to plan some form of attack on China. He claims that he was fearful after January 6th that President Trump may do that. How is he not in legal jeopardy? Because the Democrats are in charge. Oh, um, it's, it's astonishing. Um, you know, not, not a word is spoken by anyone on the left or part of this administration criticizing what General Milley has done. I, I'm flabbergasted by his conduct. I mean, the president, like him or not, is the commander in chief. And were there to be a decision to go to war or to use nuclear weapons however far-fetched that might be. You know, if you're in the military, there's a chain of command. This, this General Milley called China and said, don't worry, I've got it under control. If there's going to be an attack, I'll let you know in advance so you won't wow. be surprised. Which, huh. I mean, you know, the media love to talk about how they thought Trump had colluded with the Russians you know, here you've got one of our senior military people right. colluding with China. Wow. And the media seems unfazed by it and, you know, that there's nothing much to see here. Um, 
Millie was telling his uh, commanders in this uh, Pacific theater to take an oath to him personally that they wouldn't do anything right um, without his say so. So even if the president ordered X, Y, and Z, mm. these these guys were forced to take an oath to Millie right. that they wouldn't do anything despite what the president might say. That's like and a coup. It's like a coup. Yes. And huh. to me, it's insubordinate. Right. Now, President Trump's out there saying this guy should be tried for treason. I'm not sure that it's treasonous, but it should certainly um, prompt any president to say, I know what you were trying to do, but you can't do that in the chain of command. You're right. fired. Oh. No, they didn't do that. Uh, the president's administration said, we've been working with Milley for eight months. We think he's great. We're, we have full confidence in him. Oh. Well, how can you have full confidence in a guy who goes around the commander in chief, tells his commanders, don't listen to that guy. You listen to me. You don't wow. listen to the president. Huh. Now, I think, I mean, whatever I think is immaterial from a political standpoint, but this guy's got to be called in to testify before the appropriate committee in the House or Senate saying, you know, okay, you're, you're afraid that Trump might do something. On what basis did he say anything? Did he right. do anything? Did he right. suggest anything? Yep. You may not like Trump. I mean, the media was always beating the drum that uh, he was mentally unstable, which, you know, I, I always thought was preposterous. But on what basis did you make a unilateral decision that you were going to do an end run around the president of the United States mm. and subvert his command authority as commander in chief. There's also the specter that Milley was in communication with others in Congress, not the least of which apparently was Nancy Pelosi was, who right. was all for this, yep. all for it. Oh. So I'm not sure what her jeopardy is. I mean, she runs con the house of representatives, so she's got no jeopardy and the media is not going to go after her. But all I can think of is, if a Republican Speaker of the House was in cahoots with a general to do an end, end run around a, a Democrat president, um, the media would never stop pounding on it. But they're not doing it in this case, which is um, disappointing, to say the least. This, this General Milley's got to be called in and explain yeah. himself. And John, in addition to Milley letting the Chinese know don't worry if you're attacked. I'll let you know in advance. Everything's fine here. Apparently, he reached out to um, military leaders from other countries that we don't know yet. So oh. did he call Russia? Did he call Iran? Did he call right. North Korea? Who's he calling? Wow. I mean, and, and, and so far, it all hasn't come out. Yeah. Um, these are all snippets from the Bob Woodward book. Millie hasn't denied the truthfulness of these reports. Um, he hasn't said anything, but if this is not investigated and if Congress doesn't drill down on what the hell happened here and why, maybe they like the result because they don't like President Trump, but the, um, the precedential effect, the precedent of allowing this type of activity by a military general to go unchallenged and unpunished Sets a dreadful precedent. Yeah. I keep saying precedent, which sounds like the word president, but you know what I mean. I do. You can't, you can't allow this to be the established way things are going to operate. He would, um, he would look each person at the table in the eye. So I have your word. You will contact me if you hear anything. Not that, your that word. Is, he, he made them take an oath. An oath to him. Wow. Now, Tim Dodd, we had the tragedy in Warren with the uh, firefighter off-duty uh, the man that unfortunately seemingly was was killed for no reason. But then you have so the, the town council in Warren, they have revoked the social club's uh, liquor license. Just wondering the legality of that. A lot of times people would, you know, people hear about you would think what would you know, maybe they were serving booze at a time they weren't supposed to or underage people. But this does often come up. A lot of times it's more this like violence outside. 
you know, the nightclub and then the, the liquor license is in jeopardy. How does that work legally that they can? And I'm not in any way trying to defend it or anything. Just wondered legally, how do they revoke someone's liquor license? Well, a liquor license is not a right. It's a privilege. And as a, as a license holder, you know, you agree to operate in a particular manner. And obviously somebody getting murdered and somebody else getting shot within a uh, drinking establishment um, raises questions. Now, uh, the um, gentleman, who Remy, that got uh, killed, he got shot in the back of the head, murdered. Um, he was, I guess, a well-regarded guy in Warren and within the state and certainly within the East Bay. So there's a big emotional component to do something to sort of avenge the fact that he got killed. Um, there's a political motivation to do so because to the extent um, he was a popular guy, I don't think any politician's going to want to vote to keep the club open because right. people would be mad at them. I do think that this revocation of the license will be overturned either when this is heard at the um, DBR on appeal, and if DBR upholds it and it gets into the courts, I think that ultimately this decision will be overturned. Because, John, based on what I know, the shooter was, I guess, I mean, I guess, apparently mentally unstable. Yeah. I don't know if he was diagnosed. I don't know if he had had any previous episodes of, you know, um, hostile conduct. But if an unstable person without any warning um, comes in and shoots a couple of people, unfortunately, that's not necessarily a reflection on the management of this um, social club. Yep. So to the extent this is an unanticipated event, which couldn't be pre prevented, um, but it was just a tragic, horrible result. I think this emotional decision to revoke the license will ultimately be overturned. Tim Dodd, what about this story? Religious exemption requests grow as the vaccine mandates rise. What about what legal right does someone have to say, listen, it is against my religion. I want the religious exemption that I'm not going to get the vaccine. Well, John, it raises a really vexing uh, legal point. Um, Let's take, for example, you work in Rhode Island. You are told by your employer you've got to get the vaccine. And you say, I don't want to get it on religious grounds. Yep. Right now in Rhode Island, as we are sitting here, Rhode Island Department of um, Employment and Training only recognizes officially um, a medical exemption. So if your doctor says you should not have this vaccine because you've got X, Y, or Z underlying medical condition, that is a legitimate reason to not have the vaccine. Right now, Rhode Island is not officially uh, recognizing a religious exemption. Um, a representative of the DET said, you know, we'll look at it on a case-by-case -case basis, but they're not opening the door to a... Um, religious exemption. We've seen at URI that if you want to avoid the vaccine, yeah. all you do is check off a box and sign yep. a form and the university is recognizing your religious exemption saying, you know, we're not going to challenge somebody's um, truthfulness or honesty if they're checking off the box that they have a legitimate religious concern. We're not going to bring them in and put them under the microscope and ask if that's legit or if they're just doing it to avoid the vaccine. But right now, you, if you don't want the vaccine and your employer says you've, everyone's got to get a vaccine within X amount of time and you say, I'm not getting it, and you're terminated, you won't be able to collect unemployment benefits Yeah, unless you've got the medical exemption. And mm. maybe a little bit, if you really can push it, um, for the religious exemption. There's so many problems with this mandate. As we've discussed many times, these three vaccines, which we all know of, are still in the experimental emergency phase. Yep. Uh, so people are being mandated 
to take an experimental drug, which doesn't even have full approval by the FDA, which to me seems problematic. Um, I think there's a statistic, if I'm, I could stand corrected, but I think I'm right. Uh, nationally, women who are pregnant, I believe 75% of pregnant women nationally are, have not had the vaccine. And I get that, why they wouldn't want to necessarily have this vaccine. Right. So are they going to be fired from their positions because oh. they refuse to get the, the shot? Um, there's so many case-by-case examples that could be provided which would demonstrate people have legitimate good faith reasons for not wanting to get this shot um, i think it's going to be very unmanageable from a det standpoint and nationally um, as companies around the country try to enforce this based upon the biden administration's quote-unquote mandate Folks, he is our uh, legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, Bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have uh, links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top, it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there, and you can listen. It's all in uh, library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at depetro.com. Brothers Disposal, call them today, 401-688-0517. Brothers Disposal, look for them on Facebook. They have a great page, yellow and purple, Laker colors. Brothers Disposal, they'll put a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe are you doing a small household construction project or maybe some project around your home? Call Brothers Disposal. Let's get a dumpster in the driveway. Or maybe you're deciding to do a little bit of a fall clean out, get rid of some of your unwanted belongings. Folks, whether it's in the garage, the basement, or the attic, call Brothers Disposal today. 401-688-0517. They'll put a dumpster in your driveway. Come on, brother, with Brothers Disposal. 401-688-0517. 